Hey, Reach Paramount. Welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is from our very first service of 2022 with Pastor Omar beginning our brand new series, Redeemed. Enjoy this message. Are you ready for 2022? Come on, give God a big praise. And we showed that at our New Year's Eve service on Friday. And for some of you that weren't able to see it, we wanted you to see it live. And I thought it was just a great, great year. 2021 was a great year, but 2022 is going to be a better year. How many can say amen to that? Are you glad you're in the house of God today? Why don't you turn to someone and say you're in the right place at the right time right now. And I'm looking forward this morning to really ministering this message. We uh, really prayed a few months ago about what we would open up with. And uh, we, we said, you know, redeemed. All of us this morning have been redeemed. And if you're not sure what redemption means, it, it means to buy back or to repurchase or to ransom back. And most of us know, <clears throat> excuse me, our salvation. Jesus saved us. He redeemed our soul. He purchased our soul by dying on the cross for us, and we became sons and daughters of God because of his redemption. And so I want to read this verse of scripture here out of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. It says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, and accordance with the riches of God's grace. So let's pray today as we dive into this message this morning. So, Father, we thank you today for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for redemption. We thank you, Lord, that you purchased our soul. And, God, today we can be sons and daughters of God. And so I pray today, God, that you'll minister to every person in this place. God, you're a God that restores. You're a God today that heals. You're a God of grace today. Wherever we've been, Lord, you can restore. Whatever's been in our past you can heal today and so help us to be uh, the men and women of God that you called us to be I pray today for the anointing of the Holy Spirit as I declare your word today and let the people of God hear the voice behind the voice in Jesus name and everyone said amen and so this morning when I've talked about redemption the uh, another uh, definition of redemption is to reclaim or to regain or even to renew and to restore. And I was thinking about uh, the computer. How many, how many, the computer is just a great invention, isn't it? And even the iPad and all these different things. And um, I've, I've got an iPad. I think it's like my third iPad. And, and uh, people have bought me this, this iPad every year, so, or every couple of years. So I'm thankful for the people that blessed me with it. And uh, I have found that after a while, though, even an iPad or uh, a laptop, if you put too much information in it, or if you don't clean it up, it begins to get boggled down, it begins to slow down a bit. And you have to be able to go in there and kind of clean things out and make sure, because it, it, it loses its power, or it loses its ability, or its efficiency, it's not fast enough. And sometimes if you've ever had your phone, there's times where you have to turn it off and turn it back on again. You got to kind of, or you got to reboot your computer. And so this morning, I kind of want to talk about redemption and God wants to reboot your life. How many, how many believe that? He does. He wants to reboot your life. 
And I want to talk about the life of redemption and really talk about the life of Moses because Moses is a great example of redemption. And he's a powerful example in the Bible of someone that had lost something and regained it. And maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, man, I've, had, I've experienced some loss. I've experienced some things that uh, I've lost along the way. My life had been uh, an experience of losing things. And maybe you said, man, my past mistakes, my past failures, uh, I've passed up opportunities. I forfeited some things I could have done. And I don't believe God can restore that. And you may be, be, may be even thinking, uh, for other people, it may be great. For other people, it may be good for them to be restored. But I don't think about, I don't, I don't think it applies to me. And I'm going to tell you, as we get into this message or this series this, uh, this uh, month, it may be painful to hear, but I'm here to tell you that God is a God of restoration. God is a God of redemption. And I hope today, as we go through uh, this series, that we can see that God does restore people. No matter how long ago you made a mistake, how long ago you had a failure in your life, how horrendous it is. uh, I'm here to tell you today that there's always hope. And Moses is an example of a man who found hope. Now, I want to be honest with you today. Can I just be honest? I want to be honest with you today. Because you might not regain what you lost. And let me just explain that. You might not regain that job. You might not regain the money you lost. You may not regain the house you lost. You're not, you may not regain the relationship that you lost. You may not regain the marriage that you lost. But I'm here to tell you that God, the God of redemption. And there's something new that God wants to do in your life. And the story of Moses is a story of redemption and a story of restoration. In fact, Moses' story starts off with redemption. It's a real miracle of God that Moses even survived. If you know the story, if we go back to the book of Exodus and we go back to the time when Moses was born, he was born at a time when uh, Egypt had all the people of God in slavery. Hebrew, All the Hebrew people were in slavery and The scripture said that people or Pharaoh and Egypt began to be threatened by the population of the Hebrews. He began to realize these people are multiplying like rabbits, right? And they're they're just, man, they're multiplying. That's what they say about Latinos. We multiply like rabbits. But uh, I'm a Latino, so don't get offended, okay? I'm joking, all right? I'm joking. Man, we never know what people, who's watching today. But anyway... Uh, again, it, it, during this time that Pharaoh, uh, it says, you know what? I'm, I'm going to have all of these, uh, male, the male children that are born, I'm going to kill them off. If the girls are born, it's no problem. But if the males are born, I'm going to have them killed. The abortion took place all the way back then. So Pharaoh commanded all the midwives, uh, uh when uh, the Hebrew women gave birth to kill any, uh, any male children that were born, but the Bible says that the midwives obeyed God rather than man. And eventually the Bible says Moses was born. Of course, you know the story. His mom had him for a time, but she realized she couldn't hide him long enough. And so she put him in a basket and he went down the, the, the Nile River. And it was there that he was discovered by Pharaoh's own daughter. 
Now, here's the miracle of redemption. I think this is what God has kind of a sense of humor. The very baby that Pharaoh wanted to kill was the very baby that was raised in his own house. <laughs> he was raised in Pharaoh's house. The very baby that Pharaoh said, hey, we're going to kill all these male babies. His daughter was raised and he adopted as a son. Here's, it's the miracle of God of redemption. And even in the first few months of of Moses' life, it's the story of redemption. Now, when you read that story, you're thinking to yourself, uh, because most of us know the end of the story, but if you didn't know, you would think, man, Moses is going to be set for life. He's going to be a prince. He's going to be uh, live in a palace. He's going to have prestige. He's going to be popular. Uh, he is set for the rest of his life. But this is what the Bible says uh, here in the book of Acts chapter 7. And it kind of gives us some insight after Moses gets older, what happens in his life. In Acts chapter 7, look at what it says. It says, one day when Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his relatives. And the people of Israel, he saw, uh, and the people of Israel, and he saw an Egyptian mistreating an Israelite. And so Moses came to the man's defense and avenged him. In other words, he said, man, I'm, I'm going to come in and protect these, uh, the Hebrews. These are my people. He realizes this is, uh, his people. He's a Hebrew. And so he's coming in to protect them. But the Bible says, uh, uh, he, he avenged him, but he's killed the Egyptian. Kind of overreacted, I would say. Moses assumed, it said, that his fellow Israelites would realize that God had sent him to rescue them, but they didn't. He figured, well, they're going to find out I'm the guy, I'm the one that's going to rescue them, but they didn't. So the next day, it said, he visited them again, visited them again, and he saw two men of Israel fighting, and he tried to be a peacemaker. Many said, you're my brothers or your brothers. Why are you fighting each other? But the man in the, uh, but the man in the wrong pushed Moses aside and said, who made you ruler and judge over us? And he asked, are you going to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? So we see he'd been found out. And when Moses heard that he, when he heard that, he fled the country and he lived as the foreigner in the land of Midian. So the scripture is telling us that Moses was well aware. I know many times we think that Moses was not aware of who he was. In fact, he was aware and he jumped the gun. He basically tried to do something, manipulate something when it wasn't the will of God. And he killed a man in the, as the result of that. And basically he made a mistake. He had a failure in his life. And we see now that he escapes and he leaves. He flees for his life. They have a warrant out for his arrest. They're going to get him. And so he flees for 40 years to the land of Midian. He realizes that he's probably never going to be able to go back to Egypt because he murdered a man. And he lives in the backside of the desert for 40 years. 40 years, not 10 years, not 20 years, 40 years. And eventually he settles down, gets married, and he becomes the shepherd. Could you imagine you were a prince and now you're just taking care of stinky sheep? You were a man with authority and now he's working for his father-in-law. Man, that, that's tough in itself. That's humbling right there. You're working for your father-in-law. 
And he's taking care of sheep, living on the backside of the desert. He's not living in a palace anymore. He's not living this luxury life. He's got this occupation as a shepherd. And it looks like his life, that's going to be his destiny. That's going to be the rest of his life. He's going to live out his life as a shepherd and live on the backside of the desert. But something happens. He encounters the God of redemption. He encounters the God of restoration. See, God will change your plans in a minute. You may think, man, I've failed. You may think I've made too many mistakes. You may think, man, I've done too many things in my life. I have too many losses. But 40 years later in the desert, Mount Sinai, God appeared to Moses in a burning bush. Let's pick up the story here. And this is where I really want to focus. I kind of gave you all of that background to get right here to this story. Exodus chapter 3, which actually is going to be our main text right here. It says, one day, Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro. Okay, that's not Jethro tall. That's his father-in-law, okay? The priest of the Midian. And he led the flock far in the wilderness. And he came to Sinai, the mountain of God. And there... The angel of the Lord appeared to him in blazing fire from the middle of the bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed with flames, it still didn't burn up. So here is Moses. He's minding his own business. Moses is going about his day like he always did for the last 40 years now, living in the backside of the desert, not expecting anything different, not expecting any kind of change. He's living his routine life, kind of like you and I. We don't expect a lot of things. We just kind of see things coming. We live our life in routine, and sometimes we don't expect anything to happen. But let me just tell you something. Sometimes you get a God invitation when you least expect it. Sometimes you're going to have an encounter with God when you weren't looking for it. And this is exactly what's happening to Moses. He's in his routine of life. And since some of you came this morning and just said, well, you know, that's what I do. I'm coming to church 2022. I'm going to be there at the first church service on Sunday. Some people decided they're going to watch online. God bless you. We love you. And then others said, man, I'm going to come here today. And maybe today you just came out of routine. And it's not a bad thing. You came out of habit. But you're not really expecting anything great to happen. Moses woke up that morning just like he had done 14,600 mornings before. Could you imagine? That's 40 years. He had woke up just like he did, saw those stinky sheep, all of those things, and surprise, 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 God shows up. The Bible says God's presence was in the middle of the bush. It catches his attention. He looked and he sees this fire and he sees this bush is consumed. And let me just tell you, God's presence will change everything in your life. And here's what it says in Exodus chapter 3. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look. In other words, Moses said, what is that? And he's got a little closer. When God saw him doing that, it said, God called from the middle of the bush. Moses, Moses. Now, Moses, I'm here, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. Moses did not realize that he was in the presence of God. 
When God said it's holy ground, not that the ground itself was holy. But what it was saying is that the presence of God was holy. And so wherever God is, he makes it holy. And so to Moses' surprise, he hears his name. Could you imagine you're coming up to this bush and all of a sudden they call your name. This bush is calling your name from the midst of the bush. You're hearing your name. And I pray today, let me just say this. I pray today that some of you will hear God calling your name in this sermon. I pray today as you're sitting in this building uh, and you can relate to some of the things that I'm saying. Some of you that are watching online, I pray that you will hear your name. God calling out your name personally, trying to give you some direction and a plan for your life to tell you that he's the God that will restore you, that he's the God that will redeem you this morning. God said, this is holy ground. Could you imagine Moses is standing there? I mean, man, there in the midst when he least expects it. Some of you are sitting in your chair right now. And you don't realize the presence of God could be right in front of you. Presence of God right now, those that are watching online, as you're listening, the presence of God could be right where you're at right now. Wherever you're listening at, wherever you're hearing this, uh, whether you're sitting in this room, whether you're watching online, wherever you are right now, uh, you're, you, you don't realize today that the presence of God could, could be right in front of you. And you say, well, I see somebody's hair, and that their hair is not going to be on fire, okay? I'm just what I'm saying to you. The presence of God is going to meet you right where you're at. Don't take off your shoes. Some may not appreciate it. But I'm going to say to you today, as the presence of God may be speaking to your life right, he may show up in the space and the place that you're at right now. Moses has this meeting with God. And God begins to speak to him. And God begins to give him some instruction And God challenges to Moses, or God challenges Moses, and Moses doesn't know what to do. He's saying, what is going on here? Because, see, when God has a plan for you, it's going to challenge you. God had a plan for Moses, and I imagine Moses didn't feel he was ready. Moses didn't feel he was prepared. Moses probably was looking at his past, was looking at his failures, was looking at his mistakes and saying, man, I I don't know if this could be, uh, you know, I don't know if I could do this again. I don't know if I could step up again. I don't know if I can hope again. I don't want to get disappointed. I don't want to get excited and then get disappointed. Can I tell you something? God has something new for you every day. Uh, His grace is new every morning this morning. Uh, He's got something. In the midst of your pain, uh, God has a purpose and a plan. Can I just be honest? Sometimes we waste the pain. There's some experiences that you've gone through in your life that God has uh, allowed in your life to build you and to give you new perspective. And so here God speaks to Moses and God begins, Moses and God begin to have a conversation. Can you imagine you're just talking to God, literally talking to God, yet we have a conversation with God every day too, right? But here he's hearing the audible voice of God. And in the scripture, God tells Moses, I want you to go and I want you to set the people free from Egypt. And he says, you're going to talk to Pharaoh for me. And here's what Moses said. You can write this down. This is my first point. 
And Moses begins to struggle with all this. And a lot of us were going to struggle with this. He says, who am I? Who am I that I would go to Pharaoh? Who am I, Lord, that, that you know, I don't even have it in me. Who am I that, that I qualify to do this? I don't even have the goods. Uh, you know, God, I'm a shepherd. Do you know that? I'm taking care of sheep. I'm living on the backside of a desert. In fact, I've got a rap sheet, right? And I've got all this stuff. I can't, they got a warrant out for my arrest down in Egypt. Are you sure you called the right guy? In fact, the Bible says that God kind or Moses has an argument with God. He's kind of protesting what God's trying to do in his life. He said, a lot of times when God's speaking to you, some of you are protesting what God's saying to you. You say, oh, no, that's not me. No, that's somebody else. And, and you're, 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 you're coming up with all the reasons why you can't do it. God's speaking to someone here today. Somebody needs to hear this. You're coming up with all the reasons why you can't take a step of faith. Why you can't do what God called you to do. I literally, I kind of picture Moses kind of putting his hand, like, hold on a minute, God. You know how we do, like, hold on. Wait, hold, calm down. Hold on. No, let's not go there. Some of you kind of raise your hand that way. You kind of signal. I kind of see like Moses kind of signaling to God like, hey, I'm not going to do this. Because look at what it says here in Exodus chapter 3 verse 11. But Moses protested to God. He protested. Literally, he's saying, and he says, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? And I love God's answer to all of this. I'm going to be with you. How many know that when God's with you, that's all you need? Right? Some some of you are excited. But I'm thinking of Moses. Moses is saying, I don't qualify. I'm just an ordinary shepherd guy. I, I don't have the qualification. Isn't that always the case? We feel we don't qualify. We feel like, you know what? I'm not the guy. I'm too tall, I'm too short, I'm too fat, I'm too skinny, am I right? I'm too bald, I'm too hairy, whatever it is, uh, too smart, I'm too dumb, all these things, too young, too old. Some of you older guys, Moses was 40 years old. Well, hold on, let's just say, Moses was 40 years old when he went to the back, when he left Egypt, and he spent 40 years there in the backside. He's now 80 years old. What's your excuse? 80 years old. So I want to look at Moses' life because I'm telling you today, uh, it's always going to be, you know, I don't have enough qualification. I don't have what it is. And I can imagine this is exactly what Moses is saying. I don't have the qualification. I, I don't have what it takes. Uh, and sometimes we're stuck in our failures. We're stuck in our past mistakes, things that we've done in our past. And we say, I don't have what it takes. God's knocking at your door. But you say, it must be the neighbor's door. God's knocking at your door, and it must be some, God's, God's calling you on, on your cell phone, but you think it's your wife's phone or somebody else's phone. God's talking to you today. He says, I will be with you. It's fascinating to me that God wasn't building up Moses. He wasn't trying to tell Moses, oh, yeah, of course it's you. Moses, you know, you lived in Pharaoh's house. How, how could it not be you, Moses? You're more qualified than everybody here. You know, your resume stands so great. Moses, uh, you know, you're the one that was raised in Pharaoh's house. You have the education. 
You have the experience. You lived in the palace before. Of course, Moses, you're the one. You have all the qualifications. You're the, that's why I picked you. But God doesn't point to Moses' qualification. He doesn't build up Moses. He doesn't say, it's you. God said, it's me. Can you say amen? God said, it's me. I'm with you. See, when God is with you, that's all you need. It's not your reputation. It's not what you, your education. It's the power and the redeeming power and grace of God working through you today. See, you're facing some challenges today, and I'm just going to tell you today that I believe that we just need to surrender it to God. Moses is speaking to a burning bush. This bush right here, the presence of God. Sometimes it's just an old bush that God will use to speak to you today. See, it's not your, uh, what is it? It's not your ability that matters. It's your availability to God that matters. God is able to make up for any lack of ability that you have. So a lot of us today will say, man, I, I just don't qualify. I feel inadequate. Can I just tell you, we all feel inadequate. I just don't feel like I have what it takes. I just don't feel like I have all this, you know, qualification. I'm inadequate to do what God's called me to do. Can I just be real honest? The reason why you feel inadequate is because you are inadequate. But when God's working through you, he qualifies you. All right? Don't just hear that part. See, when God works in you and through you, then he qualifies you. We can't do it by ourselves. This is why God says that he doesn't point to Moses' qualification. God points to his qualification and says, I'm with you. In fact, even Paul the apostle, he makes a great statement. Who was a great leader in the New Testament. He makes this statement. I just want to put this in there for you. 2 Corinthians 3, 5. Here was Paul the apostle. This is what he said. He said this straight out. Not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything that's coming from ourselves. But our adequacy is from God. Our adequacy comes from God. So we got a choice today. We can be in the comfort and in the control of things that we know and we can feel better for about ourselves or we can say, you know what, I'm going to take a little bit of risk here and I'm going to trust in the love and the strength of God. Instead of pumping ourselves up, we need to give God the glory that God can work through us and in us because he is with us. Somebody say amen. The second thing he says is that as Moses is talking to God, again, this is this conversation, and Moses is coming up with excuses. He's protesting why he's not the man, because again, I'm here to tell you that Moses has had some failures in his life. He'd made some mistakes, and he feels that he's not up to the task, that he doesn't qualify. There's all these reasons why he's inadequate and why he cannot do it, and he'd made mistakes, and he kind of feels like he forfeited Forfeited his destiny. Feels like, man, I forfeited all that God had for me. I made some bad decisions, and there, therefore, I can't do what God's called me to do. And then Moses kind of puts it, uh, he goes a different angle here, and he says, well, God, I don't really know who you are. Who are you? Who should I say sent me? Who are you exactly? And I love what God says to him. 
here in Exodus chapter 3, verse 13. But Moses protested. There he's protesting again. If I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors have sent me to you, they will ask me, what is your name? Then what should I tell them? And I love God's answer because it makes a lot of sense, right? He says, I am who I am. Oh, yeah, that sounds simple. I'm going to explain that. The I am sent me. What does that mean, right? Uh, Could you imagine Moses is kind of wondering, what do you mean by that? The I am sent me. And I want to just say to you that probably the word, that name, I am, is the most holiest name in Scripture because it can can be used in every circumstance of your life. Uh, And I want to say this to you today. uh, When you're in need and you're looking for God's provision, God is saying, I am Jehovah Jireh, your provider. I'm the one that can meet your need. Uh, When you're in a place today where you need victory, uh, he is Jehovah Nisi. Amen. He is the God of victory. When you're looking for peace, uh, he is the God. uh, Amen. I am Jehovah Shalom. I will give you peace in your presence right now and for your future and when you're in a place where you're saying God where are you he is Jehovah Shema I am the God that will be with you all the way through so I'm here to tell you today that I am is with you today and see we we love to say I wish this I there is no I wish with God he says I am God I wish you a new uh, 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 happy new year I wish for all this. He says, no, I'm not the God of wishes. I am the God who meets your need today. And so he is saying, I am the God that can meet whatever need you have in your life. And then the third thing here, I'm going to go quickly as I can today. Moses says, what about the people? What are they going to say? What are they going to think? Could you imagine? He's thinking to himself, I'm sure I'm going to go back to Egypt and I'm going to tell the people that I was talking to the burning bush and, uh, and it's going to go downhill from there. Am I right? The moment he begins to open his mouth about a burning bush and about this encounter in the mountain, I'm sure he's thinking it's going to go downhill. It's not going to work. There's no way these people are going to believe me. There's no way these people are going to receive what I'm going to say to them. And so Moses is thinking, what about these people? What are they going to say? What are they going to think? And can I just tell you many times as people of God, as men and women of God, as believers today, we're always worried about them. They're always worried about people's opinion. In that, but you know, the whole social media, we're worried about people's opinion. Again, man, I, I look at social media, I just, it's just, when I want to laugh, I just look at Facebook <laughs> and read people's opinion. I just crack up. I just crack up at people's opinion. And I, I'm thinking, do, do they think people really believe what they're saying? Are you kidding? What a joke. Anyway, I, I read the word of God and, 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 and people's opinion of what they say, a lot of the things, it just not, if it's not based on the word of God, it's silly. Am I right? And so, you know what Moses is thinking? They're going to reject me. They're going to ignore me. They're not going to receive me. And, and can I ask you, what's keeping you from doing what God called you to do? Is it people's opinion? Is what they say about you or think about you, is that holding you back? Because this is exactly what Moses is saying. It's all these people, it's all these voices. You know, the only voice that matters is the voice of God. And you could get paralyzed by fear. 
And I love what God says to him. God says, look, he goes, what's in your hand? Look at here, Exodus chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. When Moses said, what if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? The Lord said to him, what's in your hand? See, sometimes God would just use what you have. Can I just say most of the time he's going to use what you have? He's not going to use what somebody else has. He's going to use what you have. And he said, look, what, what's in your hand right there? And, of course, Moses had this staff. He goes, well, it's just a regular shepherd's staff. He goes, but when God takes it, it becomes a miracle staff. And the Bible says God tells them, throw it on the ground. Throws it on the ground. It turns into a snake. He says, pick it up. I don't know about you, but I'm not used to picking up snakes. But he picks it up and becomes a staff again. And God begins to show him that when you put it in God's hand, it becomes a miracle instrument. Whatever you put in the hands of God, God will use it for his glory. When you put things in the hands of God, God will change things around. When God, uh, this day, when you focus on God today, he'll change everything around. A problem will become a promise. Uh, A disappointment will become a new dream. Somebody say amen. Uh, All of these things in your life will become something great. But if we're not careful today, we just say, oh, it's just an old staff. There's nothing I could do. God will take the ordinary and do something extraordinary. And I love, I love this last one here because I think Moses kind of saved it for the last. He, he probably was a little insecure. He probably didn't want to just put it out there. But Moses had a disability that he was probably ashamed about. And here's what it says here in Exodus chapter 4, verse 10. Moses pleaded with the Lord... And he said, oh, my Lord, I am not very good with words. I've never have been. I can't tell you how many people I talk to all the time. That I was like, I'm not good at speaking. Join the club. None of us are. <laughs> and, and, then God, and then Moses even said, I'm not now. In other words, God, even as I'm talking to you, you could tell, even though I have spoken, you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied. I go, I'm getting tongue-tied talking to you, God. And, and, and my words get tangled. So many scholars believe, again, it's not a fact, but they believe he was a, a stutterer. Then the Lord said, ask Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who created your mouth? He pleading with God. God, I, I'm, I stumble with my words. I get tongue-tied. I'm being tongue-tied right now. I'm slow of speech. So Moses felt disabled. He felt a physical disability. And there are people today that you feel this disability. Maybe your past has been your disability. Maybe your failures have been your disability. But I'm here to tell you that the God of heaven can use your disability for his glory. God basically saying, who made your mouth? You know what God's saying there? Who's in control? Friend, I I know this. No matter what's happening, God's in control. No matter what's happening around the world, no matter what kind of disability, what kind of hindrance, God is still in control. And he's well aware of our shortcomings. He's well aware of any disabilities and failures in your life. I, I have seen people with disability. I've seen people with failures. I've seen people that seem like, man, their life uh, is a mess. And God can take those messes and make something beautiful out of them. We were singing, you know, graves in the garden. 
He says, God will do things. He'll change things, man. And if we look to him, God will take those things, those simple things in life, and do something powerful. I, I, I think about the, uh, that gentleman, Nick. I always forget his last name. Vujicek. And if you, he's, a, he's a man without limbs. I don't know if you guys have seen him. Some of you have, I'm sure. Uh, and he's got this little foot. It looks like, like he calls it a chicken leg. And, and he gets around. He's got no limbs. But yet this guy, able to drive a car, he's able to drive a boat, he's married, he's got four children. And I'm just thinking to myself, how in the world this guy who has no arms and legs can still do what he does? And I was reading a quote and he said, you should never live according to what you lack. If you can't get a miracle, become a miracle. Become a miracle. Become what God's called you to do. Do something powerful for him. See, if Moses wouldn't have said yes to God, think about this. There would have been no splitting of the Red Sea. There would, he'd have never seen a pillar of fire and a pillar of cloud, a, a cloud of, a pillar of a cloud. He would have never seen the manna coming down from heaven. He would have never seen the Ten Commandments written by the finger of God. He would have never experienced the journey of redemption of the people of God coming out of Egypt. He would have missed all of that had he said no to God. And here's what I want to close with. This scripture in Hebrews chapter 11. Moses took a direction. I'll tell you why. Because he had a change of mind because he realized what the true reward was. Hebrews 11:26. Moses regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasure of Egypt. In other words, what God had for him, what Christ had for them, was of greater value than Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. He had his eyes on God. He had his eyes on an eternal reward. He wasn't looking for today. He wasn't looking for all the accolades. He wasn't stuck right here in this world. He was looking ahead. See, a lot of us this morning, you're stuck in your little world. You got things in your life going on. You're stuck in your little world. And some of you may be stuck in a big world. You got a lot of things happening. You got all the, you're busy, man. You got all these things. When I look at Moses, he was stuck in both worlds. At one time, he was this person in Egypt, this prince. He had everything going on. He was stuck in a big world. And then he got stuck in a little world. He's in the backside of a desert taking care of sheep. Very simple life. Whether you're stuck in a big world or you're stuck in a little world. God wants you to know that he's bigger than any world that you have. That he's in control. That his reward for you is greater than whatever this world can give you. Can you say amen? God has something greater for you. God wants to restore. He wants to redeem you. He wants to bring you to a place. 2022 needs to be different than 2021. Stop living in the past. Stop living in your old hurts and your old wounds. I'm not saying they're not real, but stop living there and begin to believe God that he's in control. Let's bow our heads in reverence to the Lord right now. Father in heaven, we thank you for grace. God, we thank you for redemption. God, we thank you for restoration. We thank you, God, today that you're a God that heals. 
that you're a God that restores. You're a God that redeems. Your word says in the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 12, the Lord is says this, it isn't too late. You can still return with me to me with all of your heart. That's the kind of God that we serve. You can always return to God. You can always look to him for redemption. You're not too far that God can't reach you. You're not too far that God can't use you. You're not too far that God can't restore you today. So wherever you're at in your life right now, your state of mind, your state of heart today, I'm here to tell you God wants to redeem you. God wants to restore you. He wants to renew you. He wants 2022 to be a whole different year for you this morning. So as every head is bowed, every eye is closed, if you're in this sanctuary right now, if you're watching online, I, I want to just say to you today that there's a God in heaven that loves you, that's been reaching out to you by the Holy Spirit, that you're not here by coincidence, that you're not here by chance, but God cares about you today. He brought you here today to hear this message to let you know that he wants to heal. He wants to restore. He wants to do something new in, in your life. And only he can do that. The Bible says, if anyone be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things passed away. Behold, all things become new. You can be new again. You can be refreshed again. You can get a new life today. Give your heart to the Lord right now. If you're in this room right now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. Christians praying quietly. If you're in this room right now, you say, Pastor, I need the Lord in my life. I need God in my life. You know, I, I, don't, I don't even think I have a chance. Yes, you do. As long as you're breathing, as long as you're alive, you still have a chance. So if that's you right now, you'd raise your hand in this room and say, I need God. Thank you. This young lady here, thank you. Thank you. Who else? This young man here, God bless you. Thank you. Who else? Who else? Anybody else right now? You, you haven't raised your hand? We have two people here. They've raised their hand. Is there anybody else? I'm here to tell you God loves you. I'm here to tell you God cares about you. That man, man it's never too late to come to God. Never too late. So wherever you're at right now, whether you're listening online or in this room, if you haven't raised your hand, raise it up right now and say, Pastor, I need God in my life, man. Start 2022 new completely new right now anyone anybody else right now just raise your hand anybody else say that's me that's me that's me i need god maybe you're walking with god one time at one time in your life but you kind of been away from god i've been really walking with god you're far from god and you know it in your heart in your life you said man I, I need to return i need to rededicate my life to god today if that's you raise your hand say that's me I need to rededicate my life. Is there anyone in this room right now? Say, that's me. That's me. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? Say, that's me. That's me. I want to pray for you today. I want to pray for you. You raise your hand. Look up at me real quick. You guys mean that? You mean that? You mean that back there? Somebody raise their hand back there. Amen. Why don't we stand together? And you raise your hand. Would you guys come? Would you, I, I want someone to come with them today. We want to pray with you today. Ain't God good today? Isn't the Lord so good? God bless you. How you doing? God bless you. God bless you. How you doing, guys? God bless you. Thank you for coming. Anybody else? Anybody else want to come? If you raise your hand, I want you to come 
right down here. I'm going to pray for you today. We're going to lead you to the Lord right now. We're going to lead you in a prayer. Anybody else right now? Why don't we all bow our heads real quick and reverence to the Lord. And you guys raise your hand. I want you to repeat this prayer. And I want you to say it to God, not to me. And I want you to mean it with all your heart, okay? Say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me and you rose again. I ask you, Lord, to come in my heart to forgive me of all my sins. Make me a new person. Change my life. From this day forward, I will serve you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray for them. Father, we thank you, Lord, right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus. God, for these folks right now that came forward today, I pray that your presence, your grace would come over them right now, Lord, that the love of God would flood their soul. And God, they would experience that redemption today. They would experience your love today like never before. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com slash give.